are you delusional? Stay off the weed. You, you, something is wrong with you. Let's start with the Southwest Division. Um, we'll start with the Dallas Mavericks. They're going to be an interesting team. I think they're going to be a team that's going to battle for a playoff spot. Um, their main players are Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. That's going to be a really, really big, good duo in the NBA. I really like those guys, especially if Porzingis stays healthy. What I am worried about with the Mavs, though, is their point guard position and their depth. Their point starting point guard right now is going to be DeLon Wright, who's a solid player, but mm-hmm. he's not a starting caliber point guard. Um, and then – and then they're overpaying Tim Hardaway Jr. Now they had to do that to get Porzingis. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Justin Jackson, I think, is a solid young piece. But their bigs are kind of weird. Like I don't like Dwight Powell, but he always starts for them, and I hate it. Yeah. And they've got they've got Maxi Kleba, who is a good shooter, and then Boban, who's seven foot four, you know, and he's solid. But like it's just kind of a weird group of bigs. Um, the Mavs are a roster that. Clearly, their strengths are their duo with Doncic and Porzingis. They had, Rick Carlisle is a great coach, but they've got a weak backcourt. Um, what What are you looking for in the Mavericks this year? Um, honestly, I think, like we were saying back a couple episodes ago when we went through our um, playoff predictions, I think they'll be one of those close teams. But I, I don't think they have the depth to go that yeah. far. Um, I don't know how healthy Porzingis is going to be. He played last night in the preseason. Um, but I don't know if he's at 100%, if he's going to have big minutes restrictions. Because, like, he's yeah. an amazing player. And minutes restrictions are going to equal a couple of lost games, which in the Western Conference yeah. can go from a three seed to no playoffs a couple of games. Exactly. So, um, I just, right now, they're going to be good. They need a couple more pieces. Right now, I just don't see the depth for them to make the playoffs. Um, but I do see enough star power and enough talent for them to be a threat on any given night. Um, just yeah. is it sustainable for 82 games? I don't think so right now. Cool. I, I exactly roll with what you're saying there. Um, let's move on now to the Houston Rockets in that division. The Rockets are going to be one of the more interesting teams to watch this year. I don't think anyone can doubt that they're going to make the playoffs and that they're going to be good. It's just a matter of how good. Now, looking at their starting five, it's pretty solid with Westbrook, Harden, Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, and Clint Capello. That's a good starting five, both offensively and defensively. Um, but let me tell you some of their bench players. Okay. Austin Rivers, he's solid. Besides that, Ben McLemore, who's on a non-guaranteed contract, Gerald Green, Gary Clark, Daniel House, and Tyson Chandler, who's like 55 years old, I swear. Nice. I mean, that depth, man, like clearly they're going to be an offensive nightmare. It's going to be hard to guard them with Westbrook and Harden. I think that duo is going to work. I think their chemistry is going to be great. Um, there is a little bit of fresh feeling with this team after losing to the Warriors twice in the last two seasons. And Westbrook's been a guy that puts a lot of pressure on the Warriors. So, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of does help putting West, Westbrook on this squad instead of Chris Paul, but their depth is just a horrible, horrible weakness for this team. And also, I'm not sure if Dan Tony's guy to get it done. What are your takes on the Rockets? I know we've talked about them when we did our standings predictions, but based on specifically that roster, like, what are you looking at with the Rockets? Um, for the Rockets, I think a dangerous playoff team. Um, I'm not looking for them to have the best regular season record. Obviously, they'll be top five. I mean, with that starting five, that's one of the most right. talented. You've got yeah. – 
arguably maybe the best player in the league. Another player that's probably top eight, top ten in Westbrook. You've got yeah. a borderline all-star in Eric Gordon and crazy yeah. good shooter. You got PJ Tucker, who's the best corner three-point shooter in the league, and he's your hustle yeah. guy. He's he's in there at six-five, <laughs> but he's playing the power forward, getting all the offensive boards, taking charges, doing all the little things. And then you got Clint Capella, great screen assist guy, catching lobs. Um, not even yeah. not a bad free throw shooter for a big guy, so you don't have to worry about the hack a shack thing. Um, but he fits well with this team for sure. Yeah, absolutely. He's perfect because he's not going to demand touches. He's really just going to be a bailout. If Harden doesn't have the floater, it's a lob. If Westbrook doesn't have a lane, it's just you dump it off to him. So um, he's a perfect fit for this for this Houston team. The depth is probably the worst depth in the entire NBA. Um, a lot of those guys, if the Rockets didn't exist, they wouldn't be on a team. Um, the Rockets are the That's only team that they can make because everyone else has too much depth. Um, so that's going to take a toll in the regular season. I think they've got enough guys that they can probably, I mean, we saw it last year. They play about seven or eight in the playoffs. Um, they stick with starters heavy, which they're going to need to do, yeah. which I think is okay for the playoffs for the most part, as long as there's no injuries and they keep guys fresh in the regular season. But the depth is going to keep them from possibly um, getting home court advantage in those later rounds of the playoffs. Exactly. But yes. um, I think they're more – I don't. I honestly don't think they're super worried about that just because their firepower is going to be unbelievable um, with that starting five. Um, I'm looking for them to probably be the highest scoring team in the league. But – that depth will take a toll. It's just going to be interesting to see how much of a toll it takes. And one injury to Westbrook, Harden, or Eric Gordon, and, I mean, that's going to drop you three or four wins, which is – that's home court advantage. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see how that plays out. But that depth is absolutely horrendous. Yeah, the Rockets are a weird team too because a lot of people think because they have D'Antoni as their coach that they're a fast-paced team – and, like, yeah, in general they are. But last season they were, I think, in the bottom half of the league in pace. Yeah. Because Harden sits there dribbling the ball forever. And so did Chris Paul after a yep. while. But I think, I think the athleticism of Russell Westbrook is going to greatly benefit this team because he's going to push the pace more, you know. He's going to be able to move the ball up quicker. I think he's – I'm telling you, James Harden is going to have a way more efficient year this year than he did last year. And last year he put mm. up 36 points a game. I don't yeah. think he's going to score 36 a game. The Harden's going to get better looks from three. He's not every three is going to be contested. I'm pretty sure Harden got off maybe single digit open three pointers last <laughs> yeah. season because everyone was contested. But <clears throat> this Rockets team is very bad in their depth. And you nailed it right on the head that I think could come to hurt them in the long run because they don't have, like, they have a hard decision to make. And it's do we put emphasis in trying to get home court advantage? If we do, then we have to play only seven or eight guys a night, which then puts more stress on Westbrook and Harden. To the playoffs, they don't have as much stamina, right? Mm -hmm. Or do we take the other route and say, all right, we're going to play 10 guys that aren't as good on a night-to-night -night basis, and we're going to lose a few more games and so not get home court advantage, but we're going to be more preserved for the playoffs. I mean, it's just a hard decision to make if you're the Rockets, and I just I don't know if – Mike D'Antoni can get the job done, but we'll see. I, because I'm a Thunder fan and I love Westbrook and Harden, I'm hoping the Rockets do really well because I'd love to see those guys win a championship together. But yeah. 
their depth could come back to hurt them either early in the season because they're played too much and they drop them in the standings or late because you just can't play them. Um, let's move on to the Memphis Grizzlies, a team that's probably going to be one of the bottom feeders in the Western Conference, but they are going to be fun to watch. Um, you've got players like John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. who are good, really, really good young players. Um, Dylan Brooks is also a good, solid young player. I think Grayson Allen's going to have a better year this year because he's going to get a little bit more minutes in Memphis. Um, besides that, oh, Jay Crowder is now there in Memphis as well. I don't know. I doubt he's going to stay on the team for the whole year. I bet he gets traded at the deadline and gets put on a pretty solid team to help him out defensively and shooting threes. Um, and then their other good player is Jonas Valanciunas. I mean, Grizzlies team isn't super deep. They're not super talented, but they could be fun simply because of John Morant. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, don't have the depth or the talent really to to make any sort of noise, but they're going to be fun enough to watch because you'll be able to see their potential. Um, Grayson Allen's a young guy. Utah was really good last year, um, and they were pretty stacked at that guard's position. So um, obviously you didn't see him get a lot of minutes. And um, – the highest value for the Utah Jazz is their defense in Grayson Allen. So far, is not a good transition defender. Um, it just turned into miscues, bad communication, or like taking a foul. Um, so that that limited his minutes big time. Snyder's got a short leash when it comes to defense um, and defensive mistakes. But you, we've all seen his athleticism. He's a he's a freak athlete, crazy vertical. He's actually a pretty good three point shooter. If he gets an open shot, he knocks it down a good amount of the time. Um, if he can keep his, he's got the little extracurricular things. We saw him get ejected in summer league. Um, it's weird because he does play with such a passion, but sometimes you can't tell if it's passion or if he's just being cheap and being a dirty player. And it's so tough to tell. Um, I honestly don't know yet, but it like, it could go either way. Like, is he just passionate? Was that just kind of a freak thing? But it happens so often that it's hard to tell. And that kind of that's going to mess with his minutes and his perception. Um, and it could eventually hurt the team, which would cost him minutes. But he's going to be kind of an X factor for them. I mean, not in the sense yeah. that it'll mean anything for their season. Right. Uh, but just for how they how they draft and how they trade going forward. Um, he could he could play his way into being a staple on the future of that team. Um, John Morant's going to be good. He's going to be one of the best players from this draft class. Um, super exciting to watch. Excellent playmaker. Valanciunas is really good, obviously. Um, we all saw him in Toronto. Nobody obviously saw him in Memphis after the trade because nobody really watches Memphis. Uh, yeah. But um, they'll be an exciting team. Not going to do anything this year, uh, but they've got a couple of good, exciting young additions. Um, so they could start to get that rebuild going next four or five years, start to make it back to the playoffs. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I don't want to sound like harsh because I could be, this could be taken the wrong way with John Morant. Like, I think he's going to be good, but I think he's a little bit overrated as a player so far. Like, I just don't know. He is kind of small. He's uber athletic, so he kind of makes up for it. But I want to see him in some real games first because I'm not exactly sure if I totally believe in him yet. Um, I'm not saying that I don't think he's going to be good. I just think people think he's going to be a superstar, and I'm not sure about that quite yet. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Let's move on to the maybe one of the most intriguing teams and uh, could be a wild card in the Western Conference, and that's the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, They, Let me tell you, these guys are deep. 
They yeah. are deep. They could play 11 guys at least. Um, you got Lonzo Ball, who I think is going to have an up year. Um, I think this uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is going to be a good backup. Frank Jackson had a surprisingly good year last year as yeah. well. So they're good at the guard spot. They've got Drew Holiday, J.J. Redick, and Josh Hart at the two. All three good options. Um, at the three, they've got Brandon Ingram, who I still don't like, but he's solid, I guess, and Etwan Moore. Um, at the four, you've got Zion Williamson. Um, a lot of people like this Nico Melli guy. And then at the center, you've got Derek Favors, Jackson Hayes, and Jaleel Okafor, who had a, actually a good year as well. So the Pelicans legitimately have about 11 guys who can play. Um, I, I think Lonzo is going to be really good on this team because Alvin Gentry is one of the fastest pace coaches. and He legitimately runs a fast pace, you know, more than what people realize. And Lonzo Ball's a fast-paced point guard where he can get a rebound, he can kick it up, whatever. I think he's going to thrive in this. I think Zion's going to thrive in this. Um, they're going to have a variety of options on offense, both shooting and interior. Um, I, I think this team could be a surprising team. Now, if I had to pick one team out of the eight that we picked to make the playoffs that would slide in and bump one of those teams out, I would pick the Pelicans. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's going to be a good team. And honestly, looking, looking back at it, um, and I said this when the trade happened, the Pelicans won this by a landslide. I mean, I know Anthony Davis yeah. is an amazing player, and the Lakers have a shot at winning a championship. But they got they the Pelicans have four or five guys that are under twenty two years old. Yeah. That are they've got the athleticism. They've all already played together. They all have potential. They can all shoot. I mean, Lonzo maybe not so much right now. And we saw that Zion does not need to shoot. He just scored twenty nine on twelve of thirteen. I know it was preseason, but they have some of the youngest talent in the league, and that is the deepest team I think I've seen, um, especially at that center spot. You got Julio Okafor, who he had a great second half of the year last year, and he's in their third spot for that center position. Um, yeah. But, but I agree. I think Lonzo is going to do a lot better. He's not going to be in the spotlight as much. I think, honestly, right. that, didn't, that didn't really help him. He wasn't as focused. He was out there trying to make – rap albums and sell his crappy shoes for 500 bucks um, <laughs> instead of getting to the gym and actually working. Mm. Like he, he was so caught up in the, like, I'm the LA guard. I'm the, I'm the guy yeah. um, caught up in the, just the hype of all of it that he, he was not nearly as good as I thought he'd be going into it. Um, he changed up a jump shot a little bit. I'm not convinced that it's going to go down in actual games. <laughs> we'll see. It can't be worse though. Um, free throws can't be worse either. He shot like 48% from free throw and he's a yeah. point guard. Um, but no, that's, that's a crazy deep team. I think the additions of JJ Redick and Derek favors are going to be huge. That's veteran leadership. Derek favors has been in the league. What? Like 10 years now or something. JJ Redick's been in for, I don't even know how long, long time. Um, but yeah. he's still like, he's not even like getting injured yet. He's still, he's still solid. Yeah athletic he's obviously a knockdown shooter it's going to be awesome for those young guys to learn from jj reddick too about moving off the ball he's one of the best to move without the ball um so that's a team that i could really really see making the eight or possibly the seventh seed depending on how things go um and really the next five years that's going to be a scary scary team yeah you know the, the okay here's a fun fact of the day actually it's kind of funny is J.J. Redick in his entire NBA career has not missed the playoffs. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. He's, he's made the playoffs every single season. Now, this would be the season I would predict he doesn't, but if he does make the playoffs, I would not be surprised. Like, And it's not because of him. Like, he's, no, you know, their correlation does not equal causation in this case because J.J. Reddick clearly is not like an MVP guy that leads his team to the playoffs every year. But it's just interesting that he's been on the playoff, been in the playoffs every single season of his career. All right, let's move on to – our next team in the Southwest, the last team in the Southwest, that's the Spurs. Um, we mentioned them in our playoff predictions as well. So um, this one might be a little bit quicker of a preview, but the Spurs, I think are going to be a legitimate contender. I, people forget about them every year. They write them off every year. They say this is the year the Spurs aren't going to make the playoffs. And yet they do 22 seasons in a row. I, I still like the Spurs. I think their biggest offseason acquisition was DeJounte Murray, and that's just him getting back healthy. Yep. Um, if he stays healthy, DeJounte Murray is going to be a really good point guard. He plays great defense. He's got a decent mid-range game. He can expand his jumper a little bit. The guy's going to be a problem. Um, they are also very deep. They could play about 11 guys. We've seen Patty Mills plays okay. Um, Derek White, Bryn Forbes, Marco Bellinelli, DeMar DeRozan, Damari Carroll, and Lonnie Walker. That's just their wings. I mean, that's a good set of wings yeah. there. And then you've got your forwards in Aldridge, Rudy Gay, um, Jakob Pertl, and then I don't know how you feel about Trey Lyles. I think Trey Lyles is a bust, and I know a lot of Jazz fans aren't a big fan of him. But no. but he's also on the squad, like maybe a serviceable guy who can give eight minutes a game. But mm-hmm. the Spurs are also really deep, and I think they're going to be a really good team. Yeah, I mean, I agree they're going to be – I mean, it's not like one of those teams that's going to have a lot of firepower. They're really solid. They're really deep. We know they're going to be disciplined with Popovich. They're going to be a great defensive team. Murray is – I was really excited about him. It sucked when he went down. Um, But just looking at some videos and looking at some of his play recently, he's got his explosiveness back. Um, Amazing, amazing on-ball defender. (laughs) He's going to be huge for their backcourt defense. So, yeah, um, super deep team. You nailed it on the head. I think Trey Lyles was an absolute waste of a, what was it, the 11th or 12th pick. I think we yeah. Utah took him 12th um, right after Devin Booker. <laughs> so that was oh, close. Oh, gosh. But yeah. Trey Lyles is a bust complaining about three-hour practices. I could, go f- I could go for days, so let's get me off the Trey Lyles thing right now. But, um, <laughs> no, like their wings are crazy deep. Like Lonnie Walker and Damari Carroll are probably their two worst. And those guys could get big minutes on a lot of teams. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good team. Honestly, it'll come down to if DeRozan can get any bit of a three-point shot, that would be wonderful. He hasn't yet, obviously. Yeah. His mid-range is unbelievable. Um, great athleticism, great score. Um, they don't have a whole lot of shooters, um, but, again, that could change. That could, I mean, it depends on how those guys have developed in the offseason. Not the best three-point shooting team, but – in terms of having a well-balanced, well-rounded, deep team, the San Antonio Spurs are the perfect example of that. What's interesting is last season, early in this season, the Spurs struggled because they were trying to force DeMar DeRozan to shoot threes. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're, the Spurs are a very analytics-driven team, and so they were like, we got to take layups and threes. But as soon as they changed that kind of midway through the year <clears throat> and let Aldridge and DeRozan kind of do their thing in the mid-range more, the Spurs became a lot better of a team. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they can stick to that and kind of rely on guys like White and Carroll and Forbes to knock down the three, the Spurs are going to be a really, really good team. And I think DeRozan and Aldridge are going to have a better year this year. Um, all right, let's move on to the Pacific Division. We'll we'll finish off with the Pacific Division today. 
Um, we'll go with the Warriors first. The Warriors are an interesting team. I think uh, pre-Clay Thompson, I think they're going to have struggles, especially on the defensive mm-hmm. end in the backcourt. D'Angelo Russell is not a great defender. Curry's not a great defender. But they still do have Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell, Draymond Green, who are three all-stars, even without Clay Thompson. Yeah. And then as soon as they get Clay Thompson back, they have their fourth all-star. Um, Alfonso McKinney was a pleasant surprise. But oh, and then they got Willie Cauley Stein, who I still don't like, but yeah, he might fit. He might fit well with that team because he can catch lobs and run the floor. Um, I think Kevon Looney is a better fit there. But then besides that, their depth is awful. I mean, if if one guy besides Clay goes down on this team, they lose all their depth because yeah. I mean, Alec Burks, um, Jordan Poole, Jacob Evans. Glenn Robinson the third, Eric Pascal, like those are guys that just I don't see really contributing that much. Pre-Clay, they're I think they're gonna have some struggles. They'll still probably hold their head above water. But I'm telling you, once they get Clay back, I am not counting this team out as a finals contender who can legitimately win the title. No, I agree. I mean, I've seen I've seen some terrible, terrible takes on the Warriors the last couple of weeks. I've seen people saying they're not making the playoffs. I mean, they may struggle, and they may be a six or a seven seed. But they're making Way up, because no Kevin Durant, no Klay Thompson. They're still going to be a good team. They still have three all-stars. Almost no other team has three all-stars. Like, we're we're severely underrating them. Yeah, they lost Kevin Durant, one of the best players in the game. Yeah, they lost Klay Thompson for half the season, probably the best shooter in the league. But they still have three all-stars. And one of them is Steph Curry, yeah. who was a unanimous MVP a couple of years ago and is one of the best scorers in NBA history. So um, people are not giving them credit, which I hate because they're really good when they're the underdogs. Um, and yeah. When people count out Steph, he is amazing. So I, I'm kind of mad that people are doing that because I'm like, just shut up and maybe they'll actually not be that good. But you got to keep talking about yeah. it. Now they're going to be good. Um, but yeah, no, the depth, the depth sucks. Um, I think a terrible, terrible move was getting rid of Andre Iguodala. Um, I know he badmouthed the training staff after that KD injury, and that's why they shipped him to Memphis. Like that, that's great, and he shouldn't have said anything about the training staff, especially when KD himself said it wasn't their staff's fault that he tore his Achilles. Um, but you can't go in there and say that it was had to do with the trading. Um, but he well, was a they also <clears throat> they also had to trade him. They also had to trade him to make room to get D'Angelo Russell. If they didn't they trade did. Iguodala, they wouldn't have been able to they wouldn't have been able to get Russell. But I'm with you. I, losing Iguodala is a big piece that a lot of people don't realize. I mean, losing him is huge. Yeah, I think I mean, because if they had Clay Thompson the whole year, I don't think they would have done it, is my thing. Um I think they traded Iguodala to get Russell to stay in the playoff hunt and then count on Clay yeah. coming back. And being deep because if, like, if they could go to the if you give me a healthy Clay Thompson, then I pick Iguodala as a supporting cast over D'Angelo Russell because he's a great defender. Sure. You put him, I mean, that's that's your LeBron stopper right there. Um, like he's he's a great on ball defender, he's been in the league for a long time, but I mean, we've seen him honestly in the clutch, he can shoot the three ball. Um, first quarter, he's not going to make anything, but um. In the clutch, he can shoot the three, and he's just a good team leader, yeah. runs the floor. Um, really, really just all-around great guy to have on the floor with you. Um, it was just unfortunate that they have the clay injury because that 
they had to make a move to get some to get some firepower to stay in the hunt with how stacked the West is. But um, super shallow team, best bench player is going to be like Alec Burks. Um, he was he was good with Utah before he got that injury bug. He was averaging 14-4-4, and four, which is not terrible for a backup guy. He was a good finisher at the rim. Dwayne Wade even said he was the most underrated in the league that year, right before he got all his injuries. Um, but that's 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 a weak weak bench. Um, yep. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how low they are. I think they'll make the playoffs. Still, you can't count out three all stars ever. Yeah. Um, I, but I do think they'll be between five and seven. I'm with you. Um, next team we'll get to is the Clippers. We all know how good they're going to be. They're going to be a nightmare on defense with Patrick Beverly, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard. Now, Paul George is going to be out for the first couple weeks of the season with his shoulder injury. A lot of people don't realize that shoulder injury was bugging him during that postseason. Yeah. I don't know how much that affected him. I, I still think he's inconsistent, even despite a shoulder injury, even given that information, he's still inconsistent. But they're, they're deep, too. I mean, you still got Landry Shamit, um, Lou Williams, uh, Jamichael Green's a solid backup, Mo Harkless, uh, Montrez Harrell. They're probably going to start Zubac just to bring Harrell off the bench. But this is also a deep team and a really talented team with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Once Paul George gets healthy – I, I would not want to be trying to score on this team because it's going to be a nightmare to score on Beverly, Paul George, and Kawhi. Absolutely. I mean, you th- people are all talking about how the scoring is going to be amazing because you've got Kawhi and Paul George. Montrez Harrell, we've seen, is a is a is actually a good scorer for his position. I mean, he's not a shooter, but he can finish. Great offensive rebound guy. He's good, and they're going to score yeah. a lot of points this year. But their one, two, and three spot is – what I would say, three of the top five defenders in the league. Oh, yeah. One team. Uh, Patrick <laughs> Beverly, good leader, unbelievable defensive player. He's just, I mean, he is going to give 100% every single play. I mean, you'll see him pressuring full court first possession of the first quarter. Like, he, do, he doesn't care what time it is. He's, he's going to make you work just to get the ball past half court. Um, and then, obviously, we got Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Defensive Player of the Year, and MVP candidates. So that's that's going to be one of the toughest teams. Their regular season record may not reflect how good they're going to be just because we know yep. Kawhi is going to do some load management. And I wouldn't be surprised if Paul George did too because when it comes down to yep. it, as long as you can get a top four seed – it boils down to health in the playoffs. We, I mean, we just saw the Warriors lose, and that was 100% because yep. of health. Let's not pretend that the Raptors were oh, even yeah. close to the Warriors. That was just luck. Um, I'm glad it happened, but it was yeah. luck. So let's face it. Um, yeah. But come playoff time, that is going to be <laughs> probably the scariest team anyone could face. They've, like, all those guys have playoff experience. Um, they've all gone far in the playoffs. That's, it's going to, like, it's just going to be so hard to score on them. And they're going to come right back, and and they're going to be able to score on you. So you're going to have to play near perfect games. You can't turn the ball over against this team, or you're going to lose the game. It's that simple. So if I had to pick someone besides my team, Utah, to win the championship, it would absolutely be the Clippers. Exactly. You're exactly right. They're going to be tough to beat. Um, Across the hallway is the next team, and that's the Los Angeles Lakers, who I think are also going to be really good. 
Uh, you got now. Here's prob- probably probably their starting lineup is going to be LeBron, Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, Anthony Davis, and JaVale McGee. Um, they're going to have Dwight Howard, Jared Dudley, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Avery Bradley, R- Rajon Rondo, and Quinn Cook, and Alex Caruso off the bench. Look, say what you want. I disagree with a lot of people. I think the Lakers did put together a good roster this year. I think that they do have solid depth. They do have some solid shooting. Danny Green can shoot. Kuzma can shoot. Even Davis can shoot. LeBron's shown to be a better shooter. Bradley can shoot. KCP can shoot. Dudley can shoot. I mean, people that are like, oh, they didn't get enough shooting. I'm like, they all they got a bunch of solid shooters. Yeah. And they got Anthony Davis. I think they have a solid constructed roster. And I'm going to tell you one thing. If they had DeMarcus Cousins... They might, I might have been convinced to pick them to win the title because the Lakers already are huge. And I think that is where they're going to be a problem. I think yep. if, they, if they face the Clippers, the Clippers are going to have some problems because they're big. They're starting big as Ivica Zubac. And Montrezl Harrell is only about 6'8". Yep. So I, I, think, I think if the Lakers face the Clippers, they're going to have some problems. Or the Clippers will have some problems because the, the Lakers are ginormous with – Davis at the four, McGee at the five. Um, I think Howard's going to have a solid year, actually, off the yeah. bench this year for, for them. He's big. Kuzma's a big three. Danny Green's about six six or six seven. LeBron is six nine. Is going to be a point guard. LeBron, if he was on the Warriors, would be the tallest and biggest player on the Warriors, besides Willie yeah. Cauley Stein. It's Jesus. like no joke. It, it's ridiculous. So the Lakers are going to be big. I think they're going to be great. I think they'll be about fourth or fifth in the regular season standings. I just. I don't think they're going to put as much emphasis on things. I think they are going to have their nights where they're going to be extremely off and have rough nights. Mm-hmm. But I would not want to face the Lakers in the playoffs. And I think they're also a team that if they hoisted the trophy at the end of the year, I would not be the least bit surprised. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, at the start of free agency, I mean, when Kawhi was silent and then didn't go to the Lakers, they were kind of out of time to get a bunch of, well, any real big names. Um, and for a while, it looked like they were going to be a really, really shallow team. But they did do a good job. I mean, Danny Green is not some end-of-the-bench player. I mean, he was yeah. a huge part in Toronto's success the last couple of years. He's a good shooter. He's a great on-ball defender. He's awesome at getting into passing lanes. Um, not the best passer himself, but he's a good, good player. Um, I think, yeah, like you said, I think Dwight Howard is going to be a much bigger piece than people think. People forget about Dwight Howard. Like, he's still big. He's not going to be trying to shoot this year. He's going to be the big rebound putback board man that he's always actually been. Um, And I don't think he's going to be asked to do anything more than that, which is going to help him be in his comfort zone. And you've got playmakers like LeBron around him who are going to find him and going to be perfect, tossing him lobs. Rondo, obviously, excellent passer. Um, I think Rondo and Dwight Howard will work real well together. Um, and then, like you said, that's a, a massive, massive team. It's going to be tough. They're all long. It's going to be tough to get the ball down inside with JaVale McGee. I know he's a spaz sometimes, but JaVale McGee is super talented. He's like seven foot one, um, crazy athletic. They're going to be good. And I will agree with you, if they had a healthy DeMarcus Cousins, not the post-injury, post-death threat DeMarcus yeah. Cousins, um, they would have been – Maybe my pick because he, I feel bad for Demarcus Cousins. Honestly, how his career is kind of derailed here. But like, if you look at him, his last year in Sacramento and then his first year with the Pelicans, I think he was the best so center in the league. He was averaging twenty-seven Absolutely. and twelve, and he's a good passer. He was crossing people up. I remember he broke Gordon Hayward's ankles in the full court. Like, what six eleven 
heavy big man is doing that kind of stuff. It, it's too bad, but had he been a healthy um, New Orleans slash Sacramento type to Marcus Cousins, Lakers probably would have been my pick. But I still think they're definitely contenders, um, and it is really going to boil down to if they can kind of gel together as a team, a lot of new pieces. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, but they've got the talent to make a deep, deep run. Yeah, they'll sure be fun. That's for sure. And I, I, can, I don't think there's any way they're not making the playoffs like last oh. year. So, um, all right. Next team is the Suns. We'll actually go through them really quick because we've already kind of mentioned Devin Booker and the Suns a little bit. Yeah. Um, Ricky Rubio, Devin Booker, Kelly Oubre, Dario Saric, DeAndre Aiden as their starters with Aaron Baines, Frank Kaminsky, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, um, and Ty Jerome off the bench not a very deep team they're not going to have the best defense i think the suns are going to be probably the second worst team in the west um i think the grizzlies will be the worst and i think the suns will be the second worst still not sold on rubio don't like booker's defense and his i just don't really care for him as a player um ubre's up and down and then Aiton, i think is a solid big but he's not good enough i think they're going to be a bad team i don't really know what else to say about him yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about them. Just like there's not going to be a whole lot to watch this year. Um, yeah. Good on Rubio getting $71 million. I don't know how he pulled that off, but he did. <laughs> He's getting that's, – that's a lot of money. Too much money. But, yeah, Rubio, he'll be good for that team just because he'll add some passing and I hope kind of, kind of bring about a more sharing mindset rather than just watch Devin Booker, see what he can do, uh, maybe get you a couple of wins. Um, I mean, Devin Booker had more points versus the Celtics than wins in his entire career. So, if I was a Phoenix fan, I'd be sick of it by now. Start passing the ball. Um, they're not, they don't have the depth of the talent to do anything yet. They're on the right track. Um, yeah. yeah. Getting some young guys. I think DeAndre Ayton will be really good. He's a little bit raw still, we've seen. His decision-making isn't the best, and he's pretty inconsistent on a nightly basis, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, Suns, bottom 2-3 team. Not going to do anything special. Um, but they are starting to get some pieces to kind of resemble an NBA basketball team. So hopefully they can actually have fun soon. <laughs> oh, that's a great line, dude. I'm so glad you said that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I do think you're right, though. They've got some good young pieces. And they, they could be getting better over the next few years. But we'll just have to see. Um, the final team to round it out is the Sacramento Kings. And they are a team that has gotten better over the last mm-hmm. few years. They're, to me, one of my favorite teams in the NBA to watch. I, I want them to make the playoffs because I love their roster. I love yeah. Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox. But I think the West is still too tough. I think any other year, you know, if the West wasn't so stacked this year, I think the Kings would be a playoff team this year. Like, if you put the Kings in last year, I think they'd make the playoffs or the year before. Or I think they make the playoffs this team because um, I think they're going to be better this year. But the West is going to be tough. Um, I love Fox. They've got Buddy Heald, um, Harrison Barnes, who's he's getting a lot of money, but it's backloaded. His contract is backloaded, which is nice. So they're paying him less and less each year. So that's yeah. a good deal. Um, they have Marvin Bagley, who's going to have a better year. They've got Dwayne Dedman, who's a solid big. And then off the bench, Harry Giles, Rashawn Holmes, Trevor Ariza, who's a solid pickup, um, Bogdan Bogdanovich, um, Corey Joseph, and Yogi Ferrell. So they're a fairly deep team. They play yeah. really fast. I love Heald and Fox. Heald's going to get a big payday soon, probably going to get a huge extension. Very, very fun team. Um, I'm, we'll see how Luke Walton does with these guys. I think he'll be a good fit for this squad. 
um, without LeBron. I, I don't think Walton was given a fair chance with LeBron James. I feel bad for him. So I'm excited to see him coach the Sacramento team. And I love watching him play. I mean, I'm going to watch them every time they're on league pass. I'm going to watch them this year because I think they're going to be a really fun team to watch. And the team that just is going to be – I. I'm going to be real. I think they'd be the third or fourth best team in the Eastern Conference. I really do. I think they're really solid. I just think they're going to have a tough time making the playoffs in the West. Yeah, no, that's a good point. They're they're deep. They're they're young. They're a fast, fast team. De'Aaron Fox, I think, is probably the fastest player with the ball in the league right now. Um, and he's so fun to watch. And he's gotten – honestly, he's gotten really, really good. So I think – Honestly, if I had, I mean, I, I wish they'd make the playoffs, like you said. I'm thinking 10 or 11 seed because the West is so stacked. Um, I don't think they'd have any problem making the playoffs in the East with how deep they are um, on a nightly basis. You can give them, you can play nine, 10 guys. So, um, oh, yeah. I mean, the worst player is probably Yogi Ferrell, and he's not that bad. He's just, he's tiny. Um, so it's it's tough yep. to play him sometimes. Tiny, a little bit inconsistent. But if if that's the worst player on your team, you've got a good team. And most of those guys are really young. I mean, Marvin Bagley's super young. Buddy Heald's still young. De'Aaron Fox. Um, like, it's it's a good team. And honestly, two, three years from now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see them in a position like we've seen the Nuggets the last four years. Not like, not a, a star per se, but just tons of really good talent. Um, anybody can give you 12 yeah. points, 13 points a night, and a couple <coughs> guys can give you 20. Um, just really balanced team. They're going to be really tough to defend for a full 48 minutes. Um, they'll be fun to watch. No playoffs this year, unfortunately, but good upcoming team. Perfect. Um, well, let's wrap it up there. Uh, we'll we'll finish with a delusional take for the day. And the next time, guys, um, we're actually going to preview the Northwest Division, which has both my favorite team and TD's favorite team, we're going to mostly focus on the Jazz because I'm pretty sure a lot of our fans, a lot of our listeners are Jazz fans. So we're going to do a pretty solid preview on them. Um, it, it's going to be a really good episode, so tune in. Also, when we post this episode on social media and things like that, give us your your takes on what we said today um, in this episode. Also, what you, you'd like to hear, some other topics um, that we can hit on throughout the season that you'd love to hear about. And we'll totally um, hit those topics. We'd love to hear from you guys. So... Um, let's finish off with a delusional take. Do you have one for us? Yeah, I do. Let me uh, let me pull it up real quick. I I made sure to to keep this one. I saw. I think it was today. It might have been just earlier in the week, but let me find it here. Surprisingly enough, it was about the most forgettable team in the league, the Phoenix Suns. Uh, <laughs> let's see where it's at here. Man, do you have one while I'm looking for it? I don't know if you've got anything off the top of your head, but. You know, I, I mentioned the last the last one um, in the last episode. I don't know if you heard the Malik Beasley turning down all that money. Um, oh, yeah. So that was that was last time. Um, I won't hit too much on it again, but I mean, a backup turning down $30 million. Um, there was a tweet. It's now been deleted, I think, because he realized how stupid he was. And I think I shared this one with you or I shared it on Twitter. But it was a Jazz fan listing a bunch of things that, you know, he's hoping the Jazz can accomplish. And he said, oh, the Jazz will accomplish at least four out of these five things. And they were things like they'll win 67 games. They'll win the championship. They'll have multiple all-stars, like three people on the all-star team. 
Um, they had like a he had a bunch of these crazy things that were that he thought were going to happen. And then he said four of the five will happen. And I tweeted back and said the most the most likely one is the Jazz winning the championship. Like you're not winning 67 games in the West no. next year. This year, um, I doubt you're going to have multiple All Stars from the Jazz because the West is so stacked. So I just thought that was ridiculous. Like he thinks they're going to have 67 wins and all these things. Like. I have great expectations for them, and I think they're going to be a phenomenal team, maybe the best team in the NBA. But, dude, you gotta you got to reel it in just a little bit. Yeah. Chill, chill out, slow your roll a little bit. There's no way you're winning 67 games. I highly doubt they're going to get multiple all-stars. I can't remember the other ones because the tweet is now deleted, and I think it's because he realized yeah. how, dumb you, how dumb it was. Um, but, I, anyway, that was just idiotic. Yeah, I remember I I did see that one, and he got he was getting torn apart by the other Jazz fans. I mean, I don't care how good you are. I mean, throw Kawhi Leonard and Steph Curry on that Jazz team; they're still not winning sixty seven games in the Western Conference this year. Nobody is winning sixty seven games in the West. Like between the first and eighth seed, there's going to be like a five or six game split. Like it's not it's yeah, not going to happen. We're not going to have a team only losing fifteen times this year it's it's no, impossible no so way. that was insane definitely not multiple all-stars too small a market for one and too many good players but yeah the most likely thing on his list was the jazz winning a championship and i still wouldn't probably put money on that just because it's not like they're not like a powerhouse team yet we don't know how they're going to be i think they'll be great and i really think they could get western conference finals or to that championship um contention yeah but we, yeah. we just don't know but to say four out of five of those things on the list is is just absolutely ridiculous um i've got one um it's a phoenix suns one seems to be a trend with phoenix fans i don't know if that says anything yeah. um but this one it's at icy book picture of devin booker holding <laughs> back ball so we know this is going to be a good one um he says, are people willing to admit that the Suns actually have a solid basketball team now? We have one of the best passing point guards in the NBA, an all-star center, superstar shooting guard, one of the best defenders in the league, and an amazing young core. Keep that same energy, dot, dot, dot. So I don't know where to start on this one. Best passing point guard in the NBA. What? What's that? It's, so I know Rubio, he's alluding to Rubio as the passer. He's alluding to Booker as the shooting guard. He's alluding to Aiden as the all-star center. But who is he saying is one of the best defenders in the NBA on that team? Is it Oubre? I was looking at the comments, and I'm pretty sure he was talking about Kelly Oubre, who's not <laughs> not one of the best defenders in the league by a long shot. He's not, I mean, he's not the worst defender, but he's, when you think of good defenders, you don't think of Kelly Oubre. I mean... That's, oh my gosh. And oh, let me touch oh on DeAndre Ayton. He is not an all-star center. I'm sorry. But, I mean, if you got people like Steven Adams and Rudy Gobert and Clint Capella missing all-star games, where's DeAndre yeah. Ayton? He's not even a top 10 not in even. the West probably right now. Well, no, probably not. Um, I mean, Derek Favors is probably better <laughs> yeah. than him right now. And Derek Favors is not yeah, a star, or even close to it. Um, I'm not saying the potential is not there and he could never be an all-star, but – not right now. Maybe in four or five years, if he improves every single year. Um, Devin Booker's not a superstar. He hasn't even made an all-star team yeah. yet. Can't call him a superstar. It's like, like I can't. I'm not going to sit here and call Donovan Mitchell a superstar. Star. He's not even an all-star yet. He's yeah. an exciting player. That's one of the 
top 25 players in the league. But to say superstar, you've got to be top. I mean, maybe this is just my own definition. But if you're a superstar, you're a top eight player in the league. Kawhi, G, LeBron, KD, um, Steph, those are superstars. Devin Booker is not in that tier. He's a couple tiers below. So that was was just a crazy one for me. Phoenix getting a little bit too excited there. Um, At least they have something to be excited about, even though it's absolutely crazy. Um, But, yeah, that was – that was just a bad one that I saw a couple of days ago. Well, they, they seem to be really excited. That Real quick, that reminds me of another one. I think you saw this one, too. That I And it was a picture of Rubio, Booker, and Aiton. And the caption was um, something about, like, how excited they were. And then it was, like, hashtag big, our big three or something oh, like that. Yeah. Yep. And they – and and they they called it a big three, and I posted the laughing emoji, I think, and said, what am I laughing at? And they were wearing these atrocious orange jerseys. Like, I thought those were ugly jerseys. Mm-hmm. But I would say, what am I laughing at, the jerseys or them calling Rubio, Booker, and Aiton a big three? Like, I just I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I saw so, that. So they're excited for him. I, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, you you can't just call your best three players a big three. They have to be good. Like <laughs> – the Grizzlies yeah. don't have a big three. Their big three would be like John Morant, Jay Crowder, and Valanciunas, and that's not a big three because they wouldn't start on like on the other team. So you can't you can't just call your three best players a big three. That's not how it works. Big three is like yeah. everyone's got to be a borderline all star or an all star. Um, there's got to be at least one all-star in there. Like, honestly, with Utah, I wouldn't even necessarily say that that's a big three. And you got Mitchell, uh, Connolly, and Gobert. Great, great players, borderline all-stars, but I don't know if that's still even a big three. Like, it's – there's not a whole lot of big threes in the league right now, but to call Rubio, Booker, and Aiden a big three is uh, getting way ahead of yourself there. 